Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the joy in joy. Because we're going to talk about joy, right. and your name is Joy, right. and I felt like it was appropriate. Oh, yeah. And you're a she. No, it counts. You're a her. It counts. You're a she. Because. Is that how you'd say it? When we do our summer episode about summertime. <laughs> <laughs> then we can do the, put the summer in summer. You know, but that's the only time that's this allowed. Is the only time. This is the only time. You know, you guys might not know this, but we take this part of the show very seriously. Very seriously. Super seriously. Sometimes I, I actually had a period of time where I thought maybe we'll change how we open. Right. And then I quickly was like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? We, we tried to do things differently, but here we are. Here we are. I was listening to a podcast this morning. And I thought, oh, I'm going to pay attention. Like, they've been podcasting for a while. I'm going to pay attention to how they open because right. I never really have. And I was like, and I hated it. <laughs> and there was one point where the guy literally introduced himself as the main person on the show. <laughs> he had two other co-hosts. And he oh. was like, I'm the main person. And these other two are my, like, sidekicks. Cohort. And I was just like, what? What is happening? Like, what do you have to... There must have been some tension in the office. It was so weird. And I just thought, like, I can't even imagine being like, hello, this is my show. And occasionally I have my sidekick, Joy. I allow Joy to talk. (laughs) Like, what? Go ahead. Go ahead, Joy. so weird to me. JoJo's here. Matthew's here. Happy birthday, Matthew. I know. It's his birthday. Matthew's birthday. What number is this? 26. I don't remember my 26th birthday. As you all know, it was very long ago. It's a very <laughs> long time ago. I'm very aged in my aged what years do you need, now. Babe? Oh, you're just in here hanging out? Okay. Just keep in mind, the reason we're picking you up so well is because I think that microphone's on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Jojo! I just gave him power. <laughs> just leans into it <laughs> jojo hey we um jojo's not on the table and it's kind no of, it's kind of weird because now she can crawl off the table if she wants to it, it happens so fast you guys this mm-hmm. is your weekly update on jojo's developmental progress um i actually like i have to listen back to the show if i feel like giving you guys timestamps. and my favorite part is being like oh i remember when she was doing that yeah because <laughs> yep. it feels like a long time ago yeah this time i yeah, this uh, period of time, they just like explode. It explodes. With. We have we have someone staying with us who was basically forced to leave her home because right. her roommates wanted to completely quarantine. Right, the quarantine thing. Um, uh-huh. So she's been staying with us, and she's getting married here in a few weeks. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um. But it's just funny because she's always commenting on how much she changes. And I was like, you just happened to move in with us at a time where she's like, things are happening. Those milestones are all speeding up. Right. But 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably how it is the whole time, basically from the moment of conception. Right. But it's just easier to see, see it when it's yeah. certain things. Right. Yeah. Um, I really loved that she gave me such an intense leg rub. <laughs> oh yeah, at Reach Group. Yeah, we were at Reach Group, which is our oh sorry, which is um our like midweek small group fellowship like, all group. Reach groups. Yeah. yeah, and um so we were doing our like hymn sing portion, and Matthew was sitting next to me holding her, and she just like the whole song just like was leaning over and just like stroking my leg the whole time. And it was just like really cute. And it just made my night. But she, she knows you. That's what she wanted to do. I have a, there's a few people. I think she definitely knows like every time she sees them. Yeah. Like recognizes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely one of them. She yeah. like stares at our, cause I have a picture in my office yeah, of right. us. Right. And she stares at it. Sometimes yeah. she just smiles at it. I do feel like she, rec- so she I knows. feel like she says hi to me when she I see knows. her. Yeah. She like, there's like a moment where I feel like she recognize, like I see it in her eyeballs. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, like that person. Sum-sum. Yeah. Like that. I see it. <laughs> and it's really cute. Anyway, my name is Summer Yeager. I am here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And I don't have any interesting thoughts for you today either. Right. I'm, um... <laughs> My name, Summer's right. I am Joy. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And I was saying that <laughs> this episode is going to be full of thoughts. Full of our so thoughts. We can, it's many thinky thoughts. We can forego the, the pre-topic the pre-topic topic this, yeah. this time. It was it was funny when you said that. Because it's funny how I approach like recording. Because I'll be like, oh, I have to have a thought to give people. Right. And then I'm like, isn't that all I'm doing yeah. the whole time that's is giving you some thinky thoughts. All we do. That's what I'm doing. What I can tell you guys, um, I don't remember. Do you remember? It was so long ago that we set up our voicemail, but I'm pretty sure like if you call our voicemail number, we ask for <gasps> thinky thoughts. That's right. Do you remember we that? recorded a, like a greeting, a voicemail a message. For it. Yeah. And I don't remember what it is. If you can, somebody call us and listen to it and then and tell, tell us what, what it is. is. I guess I could do my own work in that way. Couldn't I? Right. I'm not going to do that. 470-465-0475. I almost gave you... I, why can't I do that? Almost always your, 470. your personal yes. phone number. Because my personal phone number starts with the Georgia area code, right. which is also a four. Anyway, 470-465-0475. I have not been sleeping well. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. Um, book club is going really, 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 really great. And, atypical uh, woman. Atypical woman. It's been really fun. You can still join us if you want. We're reading very slowly because we're having a lot of conversation. We're yeah. having this book. It has generated more conversation during our live discussion than the previous two. Hmm. It's actually. Well, it's, I guess this is kind of a like very foundational from what I from what I've like skimmed of it. Uh-huh. It's very foundational. So, yes, it's. You yeah. want to move slowly when you're challenging yes. people's like yeah foundational views yeah. that support all the other things. Yes. And everyone has like something to contribute to the topic. And so it's, I feel bad because by the time we get through like the reading, there's so many things people have brought up that I haven't been able to hit on. Right. And all of them are, are hour long topics in and of themselves. So right. something that's come from that and I 
just I guess I'm going to talk to you about this right now <laughs> is that people women are really wanting to discuss women's ministry. So that's something okay. I was going to talk to you about um, because I think we ha- could have some thinky thoughts on that that would be helpful. But it's just should been- we do a um, a series, another series? Ooh. On women's ministry? Is a series being born right now? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We no, haven't I even fin- technically finished our environment. I know. Series, just because so you guys then, know. Because the environment started to fight us in right. the form of a virus mm-hmm. and yeah. proved everything that we had said. Mother Earth wrong. biting back. Just <laughs> put an end. Did we <laughs> cause the coronavirus? <laughs> I think there's a YouTube documentary there's going around about that or something. Yeah. But. Anyway. I haven't watched that. Okay. I haven't either. So today, this is actually a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. And it's actually related to why I want to talk, why I personally want to talk about women's ministry. Okay. Um, and it's just the issue of joy. And the reason I want to talk about it is because <laughs> every, cr- I have some encouragement, but every criticism I have today mm-hmm. is a criticism that... I would not have been able to take just like a matter of years ago. Okay. So like every, the things that I'm like, okay, this she, is an I issue. know we seem really, we seem really tough. Yeah. But I think Sheologians has toughened us a lot uh-huh. because I've learned a lot. And like everything that we say to you, ultimately we have to turn around and that give finger to and point to <laughs> ourselves and be like, Oh, Oh, you can record an hour on gossip? Oh, 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 are you gossiping? Oh, are you? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's so. like, honestly, it's like doing something like this turns things up to 11 for me. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, I tell my kids all the time that they need to watch how they speak. And I right. tell them all the time that that encouragement of just like the more you speak, the more likely you are. It, it is that you're getting into trouble. Um, I can't remember exactly the proverb, but it's like in an abundance of words, there's more sin. Right. And so it's like, I'm teaching my kids that, but like here I am talking a lot. Yeah. And so I'm very aware of that. And so this issue is one where, um, I think we, for the most part, I don't believe it's my job to challenge anybody's position. I don't believe it's my job to like challenge people you I'm not your pastor I'm not your discipler but I actually am okay on this topic giving all of our listeners uh, challenging people on this Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is just in general not something your pastor has to do Uh, I just think that we should all be challenging each other on the topic of joy and the reason that I would not have been able to take this criticism just a few years ago is that I think Uh, Part of it has to do with something I'm realizing about reformed people in general. And it's not that I want to do that whole, I don't like when people are like, reform people this or reform people that. So I really don't want to do that. Right. When people just like broad brush the -hmm. church or a certain sector of the church, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I want to be careful of doing that. But I am going to talk about my own camp today. And something that mm-hmm. I think that um, we all should just be aware of is just that I think that we, in general, because we we care about doctrine and we care about truth and 
um, we don't want to make light of things that are very serious. I think there are times where you could stand in a room full of Reformed Baptists and it would be like one of the most joyless, soul-sucking experiences. Yeah. Well, and like you said, no need to broad brush, but sometimes the Reformed camp does take depravity a little far. So (laughs) far. Oh, I'm just a wretch. Like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Just like depressed. Yes. Just depressed. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, of course we're called to be sober minded, but, you know, I think a lot of people, they would feel a tension between being sober minded and being joyful and being happy. Yeah. And I think that's so, I think it's dangerous and I think it damages our witness. And that's why I think that it's important to talk about is because um, I think we this is where like some groups that maybe people would see us in opposition to like certain uh, charismatic groups kind of like kind of get it right. They do better. Like, have you met a person that's like, yeah. I just, I love the Lord and I'm just like on fire today and I'm feeling good and I'm at peace and, and you know what? This thing happened, but like, here we are and I'm showing up and I'm going to I defy you to find a reformed person (laughs) acting like that most of the time. Yeah. It's not that we all have to go act like charismatics. That's not what you're saying, obviously. But I just, I think that we can mistake being sober minded and um, being clear for, we can, we can go, well, that's what I'm going to do to the detriment of being a people that are joyful. Yeah. And so it's like, if you're living in light of the fact that the creator of the universe is your spiritual brother. Right. Um, If you're living in light of the fact that you've been made right with God and you're forgiven, that should have an impact on your disposition. Oh yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean you're going to be like happy go lucky all the time. Right. Um, And I think, I think what we can run into is the mistaken belief that we have to be serious all the time. Yeah. Um, I think that you see all throughout the, the old Testament, the fact that like God commanded all these feasts, right? Like God commanded a good time. Right. In his honor, of course. Yeah. So that's going to obviously cut some things out and yeah. leave some things off the table. But like God wanted us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. He wanted us to enjoy worshiping him. Yeah. We're supposed to enjoy <laughs> all kinds of things right. that he made for us yeah. and we're supposed to be a joyful people. And so I fear that a lot of times we leave that out of the equation and then we do that weird thing where we want to make a division between joy and happiness. Oh, okay. Which I actually have a lot of thoughts on. All right. I don't know. And so I was actually wondering because that is a very common belief like that there's a difference between joy and happiness. Right. Um and I was wondering if this was the first thing you and I wouldn't agree on. Well, set it up. Okay. How is it different? Okay. Or how is it not different, I guess? Right. Okay. So I, I mean, I, I've heard that whole thing of like, there's a difference between Christian joy and just being happy. Right. And basically the dichotomy that people make is that happiness is this fleeting feeling. You can go from being happy to not happy in a okay. second. Whereas joy is this like long lasting thing that doesn't, you know, it's rooted and it's grounded okay. and it can't really be like 
rocked or whatever. And um, I think in our circle um, that it was Oswald Chambers. I wrote this down and I don't want to get this wrong. I think it was Oswald Chambers that uh, basically kind of brought this into <laughs> brought this into um, our thinking. And so I just decided to look into it. I was like, okay, is there something definitionally different? Right. And if, if you look in a dictionary, no, there's right. synonyms. Like joy is defined as happiness and happiness is defined as joy or whatever. And so then I started kind of looking back to see like, where did this come from? And one of the questions that I ha- that I started asking was like, biblically, can somebody point me to a passage that would substantially show like a difference between happiness and joy? Right. And there is no passage. Right. There's no singular passage that can do that. Um, and then I kind of started looking like, okay, well, how did the Puritans, did the Puritans use like joy and happiness interchangeably mm-hmm. or not? Because I wanted to like, you know, that's a lot of where reformed Christianity. Right. We would look to them right. for a lot of things. And so um, you're not going to find any examples of that. Okay. The Puritans, um, I found this Edwards quote that I really appreciated where um, he cite uh, Jonathan Edwards cited John. It's hard to say that Jonathan Edwards cited John 15, 11. <laughs> um, and he said the happiness Christ gives to his people is a participation in his own happiness. So like he didn't make a distinction there between happiness and joy. Um, And then Richard Baxter, uh, I found a quote from him where he said, the day of death is to true believers of happiness and joy. Um, So if you read and Spurgeon, if you read what he, when he talks about joy, he interchangeably uses like, blessed and happy and joy or he uses them all interchangeably um and then i think it was also uh i found this joni erickson tata quote that i thought was really great where she says scripture uses the terms interchangeably along with words like delight gladness and blessed there is no skill of relative spiritual values applied to any of these so i understand when christians are talking about when they're saying they want to make a case for between happy versus joy, I get what they're saying. They're saying that there, you can be emotionally happy one second and sad the next. Right. That's true. And I get that as Christians, we should be anchored to something much deeper, but this whole idea of making this distinction between happiness is like a worldly thing and joy is a Christian thing. You, you actually just, you can't find that in scripture. Yeah. And so I, I think yeah I wouldn't think that there's a, really a distinction other than maybe one that like we've put on it right like you said exactly and so I think that um, if you look in the uh, the ESV and the NASV uh, in Isaiah 52 it refers to the gospel as the good news of happiness and I think hmm. that a lot of times we turn into like these really weird disapproving Christians where we're just like, I don't need happiness and life isn't about right. happiness. And, and I get that. And I get, I get that. And I'm not making the argument that life is about being happy. Right. But what I am saying is that as Christians, we should be the happiest of people. It's almost like when you try to make the distinction, you're trying to give yourself an excuse yes. to not be happy. 
Yes. You're like, well, I'm still choosing to be joyful in my life. It's like, well, yes. what does that mean? Like, I can tell you, even though I'm means. not feeling the fleeting feeling, it means you're really not choosing joy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I was going to call myself out because, <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of times people, uh, okay, I won't say people. I'll talk about myself. There was a time okay. <laughs> in my life I was going through something very difficult. I was a single parent. Yeah. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time, I probably, and obviously it was a difficult time. Um, when you're going through something like that, nobody's expecting you to be sunshine, flowers, rainbows, kittens right. all the time. Right. Um, many of us face. Grief and grief has trials. its spot. Yes. Like, this is yes. a thing. No one's denying that. Um but I think at that time I would have been such a huge apologist for the position that while I feel joy, like even though my disposition was one of like exhaustion and burden and it was hard to find happiness or joy, I feel like at that time I would have been much more defensive of my disposition and I would have, I would have felt very spiritual to argue for you know, the difference between happiness and joy and, you know, life is suffering. And as believers, we're called to suffering. And all that is true. And I'm not arguing against that, but I'm saying I'm willing to bet that even in the most difficult of circumstances, sometimes making that argument is really just a cover for the fact that you truly are not looking to Christ for your joy. Right. It's well, or that you think, you think your joy is limited just to like the sacrifice made for your salvation. Right. Like, Oh no, but like God is, yeah, God is good. Down in the and ditch he, and everything sucks. He sent his but... son and, you know, and I'm <laughs> secured and, right. and, and when really, well, one of the things that I, I just had, um, Oh, ew. What? Why? I don't know what um, you just saw, but it, but Jojo's totally waving at me right now. Sorry, I probably shouldn't say it because I'll probably uh, what offend some people. Oh, now I'm so curious. Um, <laughs> what's new? Honestly, I had a uh, I had a certain translation pulled up oh. of the passage I was gonna talk about and I was like and it made you go ew and I thought I was well I thought I was in a certain (laughs) translation and then I was like I thought like something inappropriate (laughs) popped up (laughs) but that was how you felt about a translation got Um, it okay so I was for whatever reason drawn obviously all through the Psalms you're going to find um people well, David mm-hmm. rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to find um, like, you know, it's basically, it's just this, this poetry and song to yep. God's goodness or right. his justice or his law or whatever. His law. Did you hear that? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> but I found myself in Psalm 139. Oh yeah. And, and this kind of goes uh, this is more because I guess there you could you could ex- you could just get down to it and be like this is why joy is a duty yeah or you can discuss it from the position of this is why joy 
is a duty versus despair. Like, so right. like, sure. Yeah. Juxtaposing the two. Yeah. That makes it. So mm-hmm. my first thought was to do that, of course. Of course. And so like in terms of despair versus joy, uh-huh. it's a duty because we have so much to be joyful about. Right. It's not just mm-hmm. the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. It's not just your salvation. And, and, and obviously God is good. That's right. But if you find yourself getting into the habit of like when you feel despair, uh-huh. you say God is good. Uh-huh. Don't stop there. Right. Don't stop. Right. Psalm 139 has this amazing imagery yep. in it. It talks about being hemmed in <laughs> like on both sides. Like right. think about being like in a jean pocket. Right. Like, it's kind of like <laughs> tight like and up. secure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, And you're like just totally contained. It talks about how Mm -hmm. like darkness is Uh like light. Right. To God. Right. Like there he like he breaks the natural order of things. Right. For you, dark, dark is dark. Right. For God. It's no. No. Um, And so I just I think mainly we sell ourselves short on joy we say we say things like i'm choosing joy god is good right um but but, a lot of times when you say i'm choosing joy what you're really saying is everything sucks right everything sucks (laughs) but i know that i'm i know it's my duty to say that and like i said that is fine because sometimes you are this is so this is the sentiment that i really only share with with a few people because it can be taken so wrong um but here it is. Uh-huh. Please don't mishear me. Okay. There are times in your life where you can laugh <laughs> or die. Die. I shared this with book club 2 weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. And they you felt c- it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can you can laugh or you can die. Yeah. And um you have to pick one. Right. Yeah. And chances are as a mm-hmm. Christian, you are picking mm-hmm. laughter. Right. Because God is good, even not as a Christian. Like, think about the goodness of God that most unbelievers even would choose laughter in that situation. Right. right. The fact that we even have room to rejoice. People who hate God have right. room to be joyful. Right. Like, it's just don't, don't, don't put joy on this task sheet. Right. Of things that you're supposed right. to do. Mm-hmm. You can feel deep deep despair and joy very much at the same time yeah but don't limit yourself to just being like well i know that i need to pick to be joyful in this moment right and i'm not saying force yourself to joy (laughs) right i'm saying you you should read the word yeah you should seek god Mm -hmm. he gives joy right um but just um when you when you really I suppose in like in in opposition to despair, if you are feeling despair Mm -hmm. or sadness, however you want to say it, Mm -hmm. really invest in happiness. Right. Um, There is so much. Right. To be happy. Right. About and not even just I'm not even just talking about like your the privileged life that most Americans <laughs> right. lead. I'm talking about like just Psalm one thirty nine. Right. 
and like I said, it's all in there. Right. But if you if you're if you're despairing, right, just try that. Just try that one. <laughs> it's funny because um, so I'm working with the kids on memorizing large chunks. We're working on memorizing chapters. Right. And so um, this morning I added another verse to because they, ha- by the way, kids have an incredible ability to memorize things. Right. They can memorize things better than you. Uh, so when your kids are young is the time to have them right. memorize things. Um, I mean, it took us five days. It took them five days to memorize all the books of the New Testament in order. Um, right. Yeah. We're in we're memorizing um, Romans one right now. And I mean, it's just like that. They just go through it. So anyway, like a sponge, they're like sponges, just a lot of repetition and they have it. So all that to say, I was, uh, I added another verse this morning and whenever I add a verse to what we're memorizing, obviously I walk them through it because it's, I know they're not going to be able to grasp every aspect of these verses. At this age. Right. But I'm not going to just have them memorize words that they don't have any clue <laughs> what we're talking about. Right. And I'm also at the same time diagramming it with them. So they're learning some English. Anyway, yeah. all that, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because this morning <laughs> um, we had another verse and it, it um, is Romans 121. And it talks about how uh, people who deny God, uh, who who say that he doesn't exist, they know that God exists. But part of the curse of rejecting God, what happens to us, because we're all made in the image of God and we all know he exists. When we reject him, part of rejecting him is not giving thanks to him. It's not being thankful. Right. So it's not just that uh, they say he doesn't exist or, you know, whatever. It's that they refuse to honor him and give thanks. Right. So part of being a human is being ready and willing and able and recognizing the thanks that you owe to God for your every breath. And I thought it was so interesting, and I got to talk to the kids about this, is that as a result of refusing to acknowledge God and honor him and give thanks, they become, this is what the verse says, they become futile in their thinking. Right. And their foolish hearts were darkened. And so part of this not giving thanks to God is that you literally become a fool and your heart becomes hard. Yeah. And so you die, you die. That brings a whole new meaning to laugh or die, right? Laugh or die. You can laugh and you can be joyful and you can give thanks to God and you can honor him as King, or you're going to become futile. You're going Mm -hmm. to become useless. Your thinking is literally going to be garbage, right? And your heart is going to be hard and dark. And so it's like, this is truly, there's two ways that you can live. You can worship God or you can worship yourself. And when it comes to joy, if you're choosing to worship God, there is joy there. There's that promise in Psalm 16, 16, 11, Psalm 16. I think it's 11 or 12. It's one of my favorite Psalms. Where it's just like talking about how like at the right hand of God, when you're walking with him, there's pleasures forevermore. Right. And so I just, I wanted to bring this topic up. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it after this for now. I mean, there's a lot you can say about the topic. Right. I want to bring it up because the criticism I have, I'm criticizing myself a few years ago. Honestly, I'm criticizing my own camp 
because we should be the most joyful people on the planet. We should not, um, we should not be suspect of people that are having a good time. Um, right. The happiest way to live is to be a Christian. Yeah. And I truly believe that down to my toes. And so that's going to affect everything that I do. And what's so interesting is what I'm starting to realize in my life is the times where I am not happy are the times when I am truly leaning on my own strength. Right. And I'm looking to myself. Right. Yeah. There is the snowball Snowball. effect. Like when you see despair or unhappiness or sadness, Mm -hmm. like it always traces back. Yeah. To you like if it's mm-hmm. you know um you're unhappy because um you just feel like mm-hmm. nothing's getting done in the day right and you draw that back to discontent and then you draw that back to bitterness bitterness yeah and then there you are there you the are end. <laughs> it's you there you are at the end being critical of right. your husband and kids for not doing what you what say you want in the way you want it at the time you want it done right yeah no, it's yeah. um, where we can all be little tyrants if we're not um, careful. And so I just think I have there's so much freedom and joy in looking to Christ. And there's so much pain and despair looking to yourself. And so my encouragement just, you know, if you grew up in church or if you grew up in the Reformed Church, you know, there's I think there's a lot of room for improvement in most of us wherever we're at right on this topic and look for ways that you are failing to be joyful joyful because I'm willing to bet that might that's probably something that you're not willing to give thanks to God for that's that's a good litmus test for that yeah there you go yeah is that are we done yeah okay so really quickly maybe not really quickly do you guys remember when we did feminist of the week We've been trying. It's been a long time. And, you know, I think part of it was because back when I'd have to, like, travel down here and we would try to be doing, like, two, three episodes right. a day yeah. in one sitting. And we're trying to save up episodes for when you had Georgia and then right. just all this stuff. I think we just, like, lost our way. Well, and <laughs> it's hard to when you're trying to at least somewhat be topical. Right. It's like when I... <laughs> It's like October. Do you really want to hear about stuff that happened in July? No, you don't. Um, <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So uh, we had somebody request to bring back Feminist of the Week. And I just thought we haven't really been talking about feminism and we should not give up. We should right. never, until it's over, we shouldn't stop. Agreed. So um, I want to hear, where, I mean, you said you had a very controversial one. Yeah, well, you know, controversial in some camps. I think sure. you guys will all pick up what we're laying down. But I, um, <laughs> I think for me, it's mostly interesting because it requires you to think through things. It's not just like I like that. Let's do that right off the bat. Like, oh yeah, that's feminism right there. Okay. All right. Um, or you might recognize it as feminism, but let's walk through it. Okay. Okay. So I'm excited. Betsy DeVos yeah. is the oh gosh, what education. is her? Ed, Secretary of Education? Secretary is that education. the official title? I think so. I just call her the education czar. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate, but I do. <laughs> well, so she changed um she like finalized some uh regulations dealing with uh 
sexual assault allegations on campuses, on American campuses. School, college campuses? Yes. Okay. Um, so she changed the parameters of what constitutes sexual assault. Okay. And they're more stringent. Um, and she, But she did expand certain parameters to include uh, more instances of, like, dating violence. Okay. Um, but there were some things that made some people mad. And um, those people are our Feminists of the Week. Okay. There well, are, like, official groups that are upset. Sure. But we're going to walk through it they from our perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But to me, like, it's so <laughs> funny how your beliefs and your worldview just create this like very polarizing thing because I am totally understanding everything that Betsy DeVos is trying to do. Despite the fact that I, I do think sexual assault should be handled um, by the police. Yes. um, Not campus police. No No. offense to any campus security people out there. Right. um, But I just don't think like crime isn't different when it's done on a college campus. I know it makes me so mad. Anyway. Um, okay. So the new regulations, uh, okay. So like I said, she tried to like limit what's actually considered a sexual assault, which uh, for us is a welcome thing because many times it includes things like cat calling. Right. Or, um, I do not think the police should be called if a guy whistled at you when you walked by. Right. And while she doesn't, it's cause technically it's sexual assault and misconduct. So that would fall. I don't want to characterize anyone incorrectly and, um, say that people are saying that cat calling is assault. Some people do say that. Um, yes, but do. I think that, was falling more into the misconduct. misconduct. But let's go ahead and just say right now um, that if you're 21 years old and you get charged by campus police for sexual misconduct, does it really seem different? People don't know what misconduct right. means. No. Like, so anyway. Right. If I saw that on your record, I'd be like, oh, what? Like, you must have done something right. really sexually right. wrong. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we need to... Um, we need to we need to be clear and careful about what we actually consider a crime, what makes somebody a victim, right. um, and what can be solved outside of the law. Right. If someone says something to you that you don't like, of course I'm not we're not pro catcalling here. I'm definitely I think not that's pro. absolutely it's sinful. Just stupid. <laughs> but the issue is not uh handled in a legal it setting. It should not be a legal issue, correct. Right. Um okay, so now colleges will require will be required to hold live hearings where um, both the accused and accusee uh, will be uh, examined. Oh, um, that's, isn't that a good thing? For credibility, yes. Well, so this is what I'm saying. That's The people who are upset about this stuff are on the opposite They're side. They're the opposite of me. Yes. Got it. Yes. So this will all sound really good to you. You have to be insane to not want that. Right. Well, okay, and we'll discuss that in a second. Um, so they also, uh, so yeah, so they can be cross-examined to challenge credibility. Um, they also limit complaints um, that this, so the school is not obligated to investigate complaints that are not like filed through like a formal process. Okay. Um, or brought to the attention of like of a specific person. You can't just like tell your RA Right. Hey, this yeah. happened. You need to actually go and report it to oh, somebody that's in power. Do you have to seek justice? Right. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. Seek, oh, you have to seek it. The school's oh. also not liable 
for assaults or misconduct that take place on non-campus affiliated places. So if you're not on campus, the campus police aren't So if you live in an apartment complex near campus that a bunch of students happen to live in and something happens... Oh. My recommendation... Let me just, like, cover this whole conversation. Yeah. If you go to college and you're assaulted... Yeah. Don't go to your college. Go to the police. Right. Thank you. Okay. Yes. That's the covering for all of this. Okay. But anyway... Got it. We're using this story as a means to critically think and walk ourselves through... Right. ...our beliefs and worldview. Right. Okay. Um, Also... To find a school legally culpable for mishandling a case of sexual assault or misconduct, yeah. um, they would have to be proved deliberately indifferent in wow. carrying out their mandate. Right. Well, that, um, isn't that, this is common right. sense. I'm so sorry, but this yes, is common sense. It really is common sense. Like, if the school investigates and does everything that they can, they shouldn't be right. held responsible right. for not investigating and doing everything yes, that they can. Right. Obviously, people can do their job poorly, and that shouldn't happen. Right. But you can't so, hold the school responsible for that. Exactly. So, yeah. So, basically, her, her um, everything she's put into place protects the actual definition of sexual assault and, and uh, what was the other misconduct. word? Misconduct. Which is important for victims. Yes. It's absolutely important that yep. that be properly defined. Yep. Um, it protects... Uh, due process and presumption of innocence. Great. And it protects schools who are not responsible. They're not, They're not even supposed <laughs> to be responsible. Right. It's like the like part of the part of the reason that this is such a mess is that schools are being held responsible. Right. They're like being viewed they as their own be. cities that right. should have a court and right, and they shouldn't yeah. be right. If it's a government institution, then the government, the police there, should be the ones right that are called in when there's right. a crime. Yeah, because the government is responsible to wield the sword and to protect its citizens. Exactly, that's part and to punish the evildoer. Right. The, this is a biblical principle. Yeah. So if uh, there's an evildoer on campus, the government should be the one that punishes the evildoer and investigates, you know, investigates the crime and then punishes the evildoer accordingly. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, and so the issue is this. um, Feminism will not account for false allegation. Yeah. No, they won't. It won't. No. Um, We can see that right now with Biden and Tara Reid. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there you go. Well, that's that was my Case feminist of the week, and it's very related. Yeah. So I'll just bring it up, and you finish your thought because okay. I think you're about to say what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So. So. Um, oh my gosh. I know my brain. What is am I doing? doing? The same thing. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna look at my notes here. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say that. Well, so first of all. The two things can exist. You can protect presumption of innocence mm-hmm. and protect a victim. Yeah. Those two things can exist at the same time. Well, but they're required. Right. Oh, yes. By God's law and our country's law. Yeah. At the moment. Because if you refuse, and I think a lot of people don't understand, and we have had this discussion in the past. Maybe it's time to do it again. I don't know. But if you do not protect the presumption of innocence, you are willy-nilly... M- 
making more victims. Right. Yes. Because the person who is falsely accused is a victim becomes a victim. Right. Especially of this. Mm -hmm. There's many things that the world allows you to be viewed as rehabilitated from. Right. This is not one of those things. No. And so if you are falsely accused, you can't be rehabilitated from this. No. And there will be people, even just an accusation, Mm -hmm. you could be found innocent. You know, we have to be so, so careful about creating more victims. Right. The feminists, feminism, the way that they Mm -hmm. protect anyone who claims to have experienced sexual assault or misconduct. Yeah. Is, well, it's very similar to the way that our culture right now um, makes the victim whole. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. which is totally contrary to what the word of God says. Right. So, and it doesn't really make the victim right. whole. <laughs> yeah. To make the victim whole, according to feminism and, ac- and according to our culture mm-hmm. is to make the perpetrator feel bad, which will not happen if it's a false allegation. Right. Um, and is not deserved if it's a false allegation. Right. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't protect the victim in any way. See what we view as making the victim whole is protecting her feelings, understanding her experience or his experience. Right. Um, And that's, that just isn't what you see. It isn't. It's not in scripture. No. So we'll end with this thought because it looks like Jojo needs some attention. Um, We're going to end with the thought that essentially, and maybe we should talk more about this. I was going to nominate me too as the feminist of the week, which they would appreciate Um, But it goes in line with what you're talking about, because at the end of the day, what I think a lot of people and especially if you're new to the show, um, maybe you haven't heard us talk about this at all. But the Me Too movement was never really about victims. And the reason that I know that is because now the Me Too movement is refusing to believe what are credible sexual assault charges against Joe Biden uh, and they're still on his team for right. the reason that he's on their team. So this was never really about the victims. It was never really about loving your neighbor. It was never really about believing women. It was about just, I mean, believe Democrats, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, believe my team. Vote Democrat. I don't know. Um, and the reason that I have been confidently saying that for years and that we have taken so much time to talk about it is that all of this stuff as a Christian, its foundational worldview is anti-Christian and therefore how they work out, how they want to love victims ends up being a, a wicked, wicked thing. Right. It is wicked that they're, you know, I I've read on Twitter this week, some horrible people saying, you know, even if Joe Biden did it, I would still vote for him. It doesn't matter. Um, So victims of sexual assault hear this. We care about you. That's right. Until. Until we need our guy in office. Right. Yep. Is what they're saying. Yep. And. Um, Whereas the Bible says we care about you and you're not guilty of anything. That's right. That's right. And you're we'll, not. And you're not guilty. And we will punish the evil. Right. But somebody is guilty. Yes. That's right. And. That's right. We'll take their life. So if you never. And we'll leave on this joyful thought. Because it right. is a joyful thought. It is. It's tinged with sadness. But the joyful thought is that um, God is for you. And even if you do not experience justice on earth, 
justice will be done. Yeah. And you can trust that to the Lord. Right. Um, and the campus police are going to mess up and the Democrats don't care about you at all. And the Me Too movement used you as a yep. toy, as mm-hmm. a political ploy. Yep. Um, and God will absolutely not stand for that at right. all. So that's it. That's the last thought that I had. <laughs> I hope it was super joyful and happy for you guys. <laughs> um, and uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And do we have anything else that we need to tell them? Um, well, I know some of you guys are very excited about the shop. Yes. It's coming. It's coming. Stay tuned. We will not make you guys wait long. <laughs> we promise. Right. No, you're definitely not going to have to wait long. And as we have things that we can share with you, we will be sharing them. And um, yeah, so that is it for this week. And we'll see you next week. See ya.